0: You're listening to the Bragman Breakdown Podcast. Here's your host, Jackson Bragman. Bragman Breakdown, episode 92. Welcome in. I'm your host, Jackson Bragman. Good one for you guys today. The return, a year after his initial appearance on the Bragman Breakdown of The Milkman, Nathan Lake, on episode 92 of the Bragman Breakdown Podcast. Really fun interview. We got to catch up a year removed from our initial interview at last year's Motor City Open, and it was a blast. Nathan and I, um, as well as my parents, had the opportunity to grab dinner after the interview as well, and we just chatted about life and how he's enjoying Chicago, you know, now because he he's moved there, and my mom is from Chicago, you know, initially. So there, it was just a a great a great night filled with with lots of Nathan Lake, and it was it was a pleasure to chat with Nathan. On and off the microphone, and truly, not only one of the best and most down to earth people that I know within the squash world, but one of the the greatest people that I that I do know. And uh, I have been more than privileged to have built up somewhat of a relationship with Nathan um, over the past couple of years. He is just a splendid, wonderful human being, and I would strongly encourage you to go give him a follow on social media. He is at Nathan Squash on all platforms, so go check him out, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the whole shebang, and I got into a whole bunch of stuff, I mean, basically recapping our last interview and, you know, what big life events have have occurred since we've last spoken, he got married, he achieved one of his biggest goals in the squash world of being able to play for Team England, Um, talks a little bit about Mohamed el shabagi joining Team England and his relationship with Mohamed, um, Talked about Asal a little bit Just really fascinating stuff Just catching up on, on the squash world um, It was really great I really I really enjoyed this one And I hope that you guys will like it as well So, without further ado Here is episode 92 of the Bragman Breakdown Podcast With the Milkman, Nathan Lake A year in the making Ladies and gentlemen The Milkman is back He's here oh. Nathan Lake is on the Bragma breakdown. I've been waiting all week for this. I've been waiting a couple weeks for this for you to come back to Detroit for us to have another in-person chat. I've, I've been looking forward to this, and I'm, I'm very glad
1: that you're here. So thank you for coming back on. Thanks for having me, Jackson. You Absolutely. say you're glad to have me. I'm the third pro you've interviewed, so I'm third in the list. I asked you what, what, day and was you said there? you might only do three, so.
0: What, we, what do I make of that? I to, well, I, you 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 wanted uh, Tuesday, true or false? True, you, yes, my fault. There my go. fault. So you I, I, you you were for, you were the priority. I, I oh, will I, take I will make it I will make it known, and I'm not I'm not kissing up. I promise you. <laughs> I, I want to make it very clear that you are you're the number one priority. Oh, well, I appreciate I that. To too. Absolutely, and I, I would I would be happy to, to tell Miguel or Gregor that as, as great as they were and you know, they, they were they were wonderful. But I, I've been very much looking forward to having you on, and you're in very rarefied air. I think you're the only... You're not the only person that's made more than one appearance on the podcast, but you're the only two-time interviewee. You're the only two-time person well, that's come on that. as a guest. So they, so obviously you know, some of my friends have made multiple appearances, but in terms of interviews... You're, you're you're one of very few, if, if not if not the only one. I would have to go back through the catalog. So this is this is uh, you know quite an honor for you. Yeah. Episode 50 originally, which I went back and listened to uh, yesterday just to to catch up on on what we discussed last time, and now episode 91. So we've we've or 92 I believe. Actually.
1: I was just saying to Jacksons, but for the listeners, things have gone up real big time. Yeah. There's a big microphone in front of me. There's Ice water to my right. You know, I'm I'm taking care of even more than last year. So I things are going the right direction. I know how
0: to do it? Very professional. We're yeah, we're we're getting it. Last last year we had a we had a handheld mic and we sat in two chairs. I think facing one another. Yep. We had no table and we we would just pass the mic back and forth. So now we've got I think we're we've got a little bit more of a professional setup. Here. This is big so time. I'm, I'm glad to see it. So yes, I appreciate that. And once again, since the last time we talked, a lot has changed for you. Yeah. First things first. When we first when we when we last talked, you just gotten to Chicago. You just moved there. Yep. A couple of weeks prior. Yeah. So you said, I'm liking it so far, but it's starting to get a little bit chilly. I'm not sure if I'm gonna still be enjoying it in another couple of weeks. So yeah. you maybe asked me that. So now you've had a full calendar year, you've experienced all four
1: seasons in the Midwest. What are your thoughts on chi Town after after a full calendar year there? Absolutely love it. Great community, great squash community, which is sort of most of the people I deal with. Um Love Chicago Love the sport Love being by the water Squash club's fantastic Lake Michigan yeah. Lake Michigan's been beautiful Um, We live downtown in the loop So we're not far from the river walk Which is pretty cool Nice We're 45 minute walk from the United Centre So I've been able to watch quite a few Bulls games Which has been fascinating Um, Watched the Blackhawks last week Watched the Bears game Can't see myself doing that very often Because that is Cold yeah, sat outside. They are proper fans. Sixty thousand were there, and it was very. Cold. And the team stinks
0: this year too. And they're yeah. Imagine when when the team's good. Yeah. Yeah. But those those Bears fans are pretty rad. What's what's but what was the. Uh, so you've seen a Bulls game, Blackhawks game. I've seen a White Sox, um, seen a Cubs. You've seen, okay, so, you, so you, you've done you've done all of it. What's the, been the best
1: experience? The Bulls.
0: The Bulls has been the Bulls best is experience what comes to me straight away.
1: Okay. Um, White Sox was very good. Cool stadium, very modern. Yeah,
0: US Cellular, uh, I think. Or Did they change the name again? I think they might. I think it might they might have changed it again. Yeah, it was um, uh, a couple of years ago. That was like. very
1: like as an experience. That was great. But okay. the Bulls, again, as an experience, and and because in the UK. Everyone watched The Last Dance on Netflix. Uh, everyone watched it. Yeah. You know, regardless if you're a basketball fan, it was just the, th- there was nothing to do during COVID. Of course. We were locked down, so everyone plugged in and watched that. So, I mean, that's cool. The fact that I'm sat there in my chair and I look up at the honours board hanging from the ceiling and you've got Rodman, Pippin, Jordan, X, you know, on and on. And that that's quite cool. And and they do, uh, it was interesting. So the United Centre hosts the Blackhawks and the Bulls. Yeah. And it was a very different vibe between the two of them. Uh, the Black Hawks was a lot more civilized. The Bulls is just absolute carnage. There's music <laughs> blaring out, there's t shirts okay. being fired at you from every yeah. direction, from cannons, all Th- sorts. This is my issue with the NBA
0: I don't like the in game music while the play is going on this frustrates the heck out what, of me. What in between points? no, not even in between points during the possession. They're playing like the arena music and it's like they're playing like the defense or they're playing oh, whatever like that. nonsense yeah. music they play. College basketball they don't do any of that. I don't understand. It, yeah. it totally takes me out of it. It's a little bit so uh, that I don't like. But in terms of like the halftime entertainment, Brilliant. it's 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 great. It's such a it's such a cool experience. It's a great it's, evening out, you know. No, it's 2 hours a, uh, of just it's, pure it's fun. Wonderful. And and this has come yeah. from
1: someone who doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah, but I, but I look forward to going to the basketball.
0: Yeah. I think that's that's uh, well put. So so you've been in Chicago, you're enjoying the U Club, I assume is that what you're doing most of your training? Yeah, we're right trained
1: now? based out of the University Club, who have been great to us, welcomed Haley and I with both uh, both with open arms and um, I'm probably there five, six days a week when, yeah. I'm, when I'm in town.
0: So what's a typical trading week for you, like, right now? I assume you're hitting with Haley most days because who else are you going to hit with? But I, yeah. su- I assume you hit with the juniors sometimes and you hit with Yodi and,
1: and all. Yeah, all so the days, big but- uh, concern coming to Chicago where there weren't many sparring partners. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of situations that seem very difficult at first, it's, it's been great in many other ways because it's made me think outside the box. So I, my main sparring partners are Haley, the wife, Uh and Chris Fuller, who's an English guy who's probably playing sort of around two, 250 standard. Um, so I hit with them. We do some two on one. And I'm not sure if I mentioned this last time, but it's made me be really diligent about my physical work uh, and my nutrition because they're two things I can control. There's no excuse there. I can't right. I can't blame not having sparring partners yeah, on not being in good shape. Yeah. So um, I really keep on top of all that sort of stuff. and. During the season, as opposed to during the summer, the training is slightly less, but the focus or the mentality during the season is to maintain my physical levels, improve it slightly, but I'm not trying to get massive, massive gains in the two weeks between tournaments because if you're trying to physically exert yourself and improve yourself, what comes with that is damaging your body, Yeah, and I haven't got the time to damage or recover, whereas in the summer, you've got three months, and you can really put a big block in, so... Uh, the slight difference between the season and the summer Is I'm trying to maintain somewhat in the season And in the summer trying to make big gains And and during the season you can make adaptations in the squash Because that's not physically damaging But when it comes to the physical point of view uh, You have to just temper the excitement And often what happens, I'm sure a lot of squash players resonate with this You come off losing and you think, I've got to get fitter, I've got to get fitter that's like the cop out. That's the easy one, you know. That's the emotional response, and sometimes that is the case. But for me, that is that is actually the case. That is, is, it? That is the yeah. That's the <laughs> oh well. But as I long know, as it, I'm just messing with you. But, but yeah, as it, long it, as it, it's a logical conversation, whereas I see every yes. player come off immediately and they say that, and uh, you know, there's normally other things at yeah. play. No, I,
0: I definitely can, can
1: see so, that. Yeah. So yeah, during the season, maintain <laughs> physical levels. Uh, playing around, always sort of uh, investigating into psychology. Um, How can that, the focus be better on court to get my best sort of squash on court? Um, And try and take feedback from tournaments. What's one or two things that I might need to put a bit of focus on in the next couple of weeks and sort of take take it week by week?
0: So it sounds like Chicago, successful move. In addition to, since we spoke last time, you have gotten married Which you were supposed to do Before before we last spoke But got postponed Due to COVID So it happened a few months after We talked last January And I want to know about how's, uh, how's the wedding how, how's, how's married life I'm sure it's a, it's a big Adjustment I know you've been with Haley For a long time But I, I can I can uh, only imagine How how awesome that must be And yeah just, I, mean, I just want I want the details I want, I want the,
1: the facts yeah, It's brilliant So we got married in uh, April in Brooklyn Which is where Haley grew up Um best day of my life absolutely fantastic and like everyone told me it goes by like a whirlwind it goes so quickly you cannot imagine so everyone said to me try and take a moment like look at everyone there try and absorb it and I definitely did that but it still went far too quickly and uh, it was a uh, great great day and uh, I think I think I can confidently say Haley had the time of her life as well and um, ma- married life's been really good okay. uh, we've been together now probably seven or eight years so not too much has changed. Like, although moving to Chicago was the first time we had our own place that and we you, were living and in, and you've known
0: each other for for years because you knew yep. each other ju- in, in the junior. Yeah, so we've known well. each
1: other for 14, yeah. 14 years. Um, so not too much has changed. Um, she listens to me a little bit less. <laughs> Father-in-law is even nicer to me now because <laughs> I think he thinks he's lost the battle. I've got to be nice to him now, uh, but he was very nice originally. Um, and yeah, life life's good we're, we're very fortunate and um we're Hades enjoying a course at U Chicago doing an MBA there yeah which
0: is why why you guys are there by the way I don't, yeah. I don't think I mentioned that so.
1: um so so yeah we, we can't complain
0: what was the slow dance song
1: what was the slow I'm oh no you're gonna get me in trouble oh uh, we'll cut this out don't worry uh, you can't, <laughs> think can't help fall in love with you does that sound familiar I can't say it does um yeah, I'm going to be in a lot know. of trouble now. You've absolutely stitched me up here, Jackson. This, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in big trouble. Can't help fall in love with you. Uh, yes. By who? Um, by, I think it's Nat King Cole's version. Um, so, yeah, that might be very wrong as well. But I was trying to say it confidently so uh, people believe me. But yeah, we, uh, we even did a little planned dance on the QT. Uh, did you? We did a couple of lessons. Obviously, not my idea. That was my. The thing I wanted to do least, yeah. but we took some lessons. I know lessons. you're very light on your feet. Thought, uh, so, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're one of the few that describe me as that. Uh, my dance instructor would not be one of those. Um, but yeah, we did a couple of lessons, which was actually really good fun. Yeah, and cool. uh, it was it was nice. And uh, I didn't. I mean, I'm not the best on a dance floor. It might surprise you and your listeners to hear. So having something to follow at least meant I didn't like an absolute. Idiot the whole time on the dance floor, uh, and I I tended to once people started dancing, I tended to sort of navigate my way away from the dance floor towards the buffet. Yeah, and I so, so what were the food arrangements? Food was fantastic. Uh, in particular, desserts we had uh, an assortment of cakes, brownies, cannolis. Oh, love a good cannoli. Love a good cannoli. So there was lots of cannolis yeah. on go, but uh, yeah, it was good. It was funny because um, myself and uh, my best man, who was a school friend from Cheltenham. He, he especially, but me as well, were both quite nervous, obviously. And he was nervous because he had to do a speech. And the poor poor guy hardly ate or drank anything until the speech. Now, in England, most people get married about midday, 11, 11 a.m. Oh, really? Now, whereas here, I understand that most people get married, like, in the evening. Yeah. Which was the case for our wedding. So This poor guy didn't eat until, like, 6, 6 p.m. And he literally finished his speech... And he marched straight to the buffet, had a beer within his hand within five seconds, and he was golden. But but yeah so I, uh, I made sure I got stuck into the buffet because I didn't eat much of the day
0: good your, fa- your family's all there in Brooklyn and then yeah, they, they, they yeah it, was a, okay. it was a
1: great time so it was uh, all Hayley's family there my family were there um, we had a couple of uh, in fact my dad didn't make it because he got COVID the week off uh-huh. which was a shame but yeah. we had another celebration in Cheltenham in, which is in England where I'm from in August which was nice and we sort of cool. got together everyone that couldn't make it um, so yeah it was it was a great great day and yeah uh, Brilliant. Yeah, fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um. Finally, no, not finally. I mean, we, we, not the final thing we're going to talk about, but the final big life change. I feel like that this happened since the last time we spoke is one of your big goals was to play for Team England. That's yeah. something that, that you accomplished. So uh, I say that last this time. year. And you did. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. There you go. So um, you played in the European Championships. England won. Yep brilliant so what was that like fantastic how was that experience
1: like it sounds like I said that's always been a big goal of mine very patriotic Um, yeah I've always wanted to play for England as a junior as a senior um, and that was the first time as a senior and it was great it was great for a number of reasons one because it was a big goal it was a chance to play in a team event which is very rare in squash Uh, we play a lot of league squash in Europe but I mean this there was a lot of pressure on this because you're representing England you're representing uh, people you might have grown up with and uh, you, rep- you know, it's, it's England v France Or England v Scotland Or whatever, England v Spain And um, unlike maybe in years gone past This European Championships Was very wide open England weren't the top seeds And they were big matches And uh, that pressure environment Ultimately I feel will make me a better player of So when it comes back to life on tour Yeah um used to the the cauldron that I'm playing in because I've played in a semi-final or a final of a European championships with your teammates out there thinking Nathan's in control of our destiny or right. likewise you know so and I remember the national coach actually said regardless what happens today before the final this was regardless what happens you'll be better for this and I thought that was a brilliant brilliant thing to say just for the to remind the players that yes we might already be sweating like crazy but this is a good thing to go through and, yeah. and an important, important sort of thing to, to process and overcome.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And, and actually, speaking with Miguel earlier, um, he had said something somewhat similar in that when he has played like Sherbaggy in the past, we talked about his British Open win a few yeah. years ago, and when he's played Sherbaggy, it's very different to play a guy like that in the first or second round versus playing him in the finals of a, of a yeah. platinum event. And it's like, just because Shurbaggy has so much experience, he's been in a million finals, and it's like having... As many of those high-pressure moments as you can, especially when you're training in somewhere like Chicago, and you might not have yeah. um, the best training partners. To be in as many of those high-stakes matches as you can, I can imagine is yeah. is, uh, is crucial.
1: For me, it comes like a lot of the psychology stuff I do is all about trying to control the story that plays in your head. So, I imagine if Mohammed talks, he, he's got such when I, and I I know him fairly well. He's got such confidence in himself. And that's not just because he's like happy-go-lucky bloke who thinks he's a good squash player. He's played in a ridiculous number of tournaments. He's, I'm going to guess he's he's won over 50 tournaments. And we're not talking like 10Ks and 5Ks. We're talking like big, big events. British Opens, World Opens, TOCs. And that is bound to give you confidence. And and you know that you've done it before, so you can do it again. And and that was a big thing for me, playing the Europeans. I know that I can play under pressure. And, and in fact... Uh, after the event here last year I played in the Windy City and yeah. uh, played on the glass court in front of a lot of our friends that are there and I remember feeling inc- so intimidated there uh, but a week later I played in Canary Wharf and I felt so much better of having done what I'd done in Chicago although it was painful to go through it I felt so much like my focus was so much easier to control when I got to London and then again at uh, the Europeans yes there's the there's always that story right so you're thinking I don't want to let the team down or am I feeling tired or I'm not hitting the ball that well, the ref is against me, or whatever it might be. Essentially, it's all absolute nonsense, and you've got to just shut it up and, and focus on what yeah. you're doing. And, and the, the bigger those uh, pressure environments you've been in, I think, like Miguel maybe was trying to say, it's easier to plug in and switch on.
0: So speaking of Mohamed, other thing that's happened since we last spoke is he's joined Team England.
1: Yeah. as well so yeah. I,
0: I you, you mentioned that you're a little bit close with him what are your thoughts on that have you have you spoke to him about that and I you know, I, I, would imagine that you've, you've exchanged some words with him and what, what, are, what's his mindset with Team England and, and how do you feel about it
1: yeah I get asked that a lot and I think a lot of people expect me to say this is terrible because it moves me one down the ladder in terms of playing for England but I think it's absolutely brilliant it keeps the game relevant in England because we've got someone up there and also what people tend to forget is Mohamed's probably lived in England longer than he's lived in Egypt he has yeah and he has done so much for my generation of pros in the country because after James and Nick dropped off from their heights of one and two in the world, Mohammed is the driver and the magnet that brings top players to England. It's not Nathan Lake sadly, it's Mohammed Al-Shabagi being in the UK and he's been brilliant to me in terms of getting on court with me, I'll hassle him for hits and he's, he's great and we'll get on court when I'm back. The players that he's brought that have come to the university or based themselves in bristol i've benefited from because i've hit with and muhammad is i i'd say i'm fortunate but i'd say a lot of pros have got the same opportunity that if i'm struggling with something i'm able to ask him a question he'll give me an honest answer and i've done that this season i asked him about something because i was struggling with it and he gave me a pretty uncensored response and it's brilliant. I mean, to have someone like that to uh, talk to... A lot of guys
0: always have their guards up, it seems
1: like. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I think sometimes, uh, like, when I've played in Egypt, I'm sure it's not um, the complete rule, but when I've played in Egypt, I feel that the players are all talking about squash. So they're brainstorming. There. They're almost like on a Voyager Discovery together. I think sometimes in other parts of the world, and sometimes my experience in England, guards are up, and it's like... Uh, Everyone's hiding behind fences um, Not everyone But some players And uh, Mohammed's brilliant I can ask him anything And uh, And and I've been fortunate He's been in Bristol For the last 12 years And I'd say Maybe longer than that And And across those 12 years I've hit with him Countless times And Especially as our Relationships developed I've been able to ask Ask him more and more questions And He's not turning around And saying "Nate, Shut up <laughs> it, He'll, he'll give me the decency to give me an answer yeah, It's great to have um, It's brilliant So I think I think it's brilliant I think England Squash have made a savvy little move I think they're going to try and get him involved With some of the younger players as well And I mean the guy's an absolute legend of the sport He will he's go gonna, down he's as one, he's of be one, one of the greats yeah. And I don't understand the downside to having him involved um, Is my, my opinion Even if it knocks me down one spot I think that would be ridiculous if I turned around and said, this is terrible. The, the guy has done so much for me personally, so much for squash in England, and it's great to have him on board as uh, Team England. Hopefully I get to play in a shirt in the same team as him.
0: What do you think of, of uh, England squash as a whole right now, the, the, the state of England squash? We, we talked about this a little bit last yeah. time, about like how you know some of the young up-and-coming guys and how you're kind of in that group. Like You're kind of in between the... Patrick
1: Rooney's and George Parker's and the Will Straps yeah. and um, this is why I like you because some and I went on another podcast and they referred to me as a veteran of the tour did you you've oh, not no, come no. in like that oh, um, oh that those,
0: those, was um, Jerry didn't he on, on then Squash Pub. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: State of Squash in that, England
1: yeah. I think it's pretty good since last time I saw you they, they've had the World Junior Team Championships I can't remember that happening since probably James Willstrop was a junior so that's massive um, you had two under-19 boy finalists in the British Junior Open recently.
0: Yeah, I did, I did watch quite a bit of that. That was, that
1: was great. So that's great. Um, I think COVID's obviously been tough for sport in general, uh, not just squash, sport in general. And I think it uh, the landscape of squash in England has probably been moving around a little bit more sort of from having lots and lots of little, little clubs. It's more moving towards having fewer big clubs. And um, that's got pros and cons. You centralise the talent so people are working against each other, uh, better facilities, all that sort of stuff. Um, I, th- I think it's an okay spot. I think it's an okay spot. I think there's been a big change in that America have turned up to the party now. And uh, the strength and depth of the juniors in America, I think is very strong and probably better than in England you think so yeah I think if you had the top 50 the top 50 English juniors in each age group against the top 50 American juniors I still think England could compete at the top but I think as a general rule the Americans would win I think the depth here being here more and more it impresses me uh better athletes being attracted to the sport um
0: are there any young prospects right now that are in the under 19s or under 17s from either england or us that you have your eyes on maybe i don't
1: know about the i don't know about the us as much but in the uk i mean uh i just watched a bit of the british open obviously i mean it's not rocket scientists to say it's not saying anything secret but obviously finn withington uh and jonah bryant really stood out um and uh jonah bryant's young i think i think And uh, plays a great brand of squash. And so does Finn. So, I mean, you've got to think those guys, if they're getting to the final of the British Open, generally that's a good signal to uh, to have a pro career. Um, So I wish them, I don't know either of them, I wish them both success. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm patriotic, so I want to see as many Brits coming through as possible. Uh, Of course. But uh, I also think it's important that America performs at the top level. I just watched a video actually with John Nimick talking about the American women sort of dragging... Amanda and the two Olivia's sort of dragging up the standard of junior girls squash in America and uh, he was saying that the the men almost need the same thing they need a top five player to to drag that up I I
0: could not agree more I think if you're asking me Every time I watch Timmy Brownell, I just am so impressed. I think that's skillful is player isn't he? So skillful. Yeah. I don't know if he's like I don't think he's a top 5 guy ultimately, but it, I would not be surprised if this is a a top 20, top 15 player in the world in a couple of years time. I think that we we could
1: definitely be seeing that. Yeah. He's he's, well, he's already a handful of players isn't he? He's very skillful. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think the game is so physical now. It's getting more and more physical. Yeah.
0: No, um, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. What do you what do you think about that? What do you think about the the physicality and the the especially with Asal who exemplifies that?
1: Yeah, um, I'm split, I'm split with Asal because off court, lovely guy, um, and I think he's very charismatic. I think that's he, what I
0: hear. I I, I don't hear and off the court, everyone yeah, says they I love think he could him. They're not completely
1: great for the game. I think, but that's the sad part at the moment. He's not great for the game, and. Everyone I talk to, wherever I travel to play, where I'm back in England, on the road, wherever, one of the first things they ask me about is Asal. And that's a good thing, right? Even people that don't really know Squash, that yeah. have a few reference points, they'll ask about who's this Asal fella? I remember when he uh, beat Cole for the first time in the Pyramids and he ripped his shirt off in the midst <gasps> of Covid through it. And, and then <laughs> Cole appealed the decision and Asal stood there with his shirt off on a glass court and they're going to a video referee and he hasn't got a shirt. Brilliant, but when I got back, everyone's asking me about that. So he creates like a media storm, which is great. But I think now he's world number one, especially those top guys have a duty to the game as uh, our our products to sell to the world. There has to be certain level of class. You have to yeah. See, yeah, and and I did a, an event with Mohammed about. 18 months ago, and he made a really good point. He said, Let's not beat him up too much. He's young. Yeah. Well, and if you look he said, if you look back at me, if you look back at Gold or Nick when they're young, they're not they're an unpolished diamonds. Yeah, you know, there's problems there. And that that's key to remember. But he's getting older now, and he's world number one. So I think it's fair to put a bit of pressure on him and think there should be certain things shouldn't be happening. Um, and I think it's potentially affects... The media storm is great, but if sponsors see that, are they going to want that? Um, So I certainly think there's a discussion to be had there. Um, But part of that just comes from because I think he's so charismatic, and I think he could be... And he's an unbelievable athlete. Unbelievable athlete. Unbelievable squash player. He doesn't need to do it. That's what I I find confusing.
0: Yeah, I heard someone say this a while back. I don't remember who. I wish I could credit them. But Asal I feel like... Um, is the example, and that's a testament to the culture that Egypt has built with squash, that that it is the number one sport in addition to soccer there, or football, and that Asal is really a true example of a generational, phenomenal athlete Mm. who chose to play squash, as opposed to playing tennis or another sport, despite there being obviously less money in the game of squash. Um, So typically we don't see these phenomenal, natural-born athletes playing squash, but at 21 years old, has already racketed up to number one in the world and like you said it's like we just saw Cole reach number one in the world for the first time last year and I mean and he's your age it's like so sometimes it takes a little bit longer yeah. for these guys to reach I, mean, I think top. he's the
1: third quickest to get there after the two cars Jan yeah. and
0: yeah so I mean I think he's I think he's great for the game because of such a polar figure so polarizing and i think that's good and like you said is people who aren't interested in squash now have their eyeballs on him and yeah i think it's a positive thing to bring more eyeballs to the game but then at the same time it's like you want you still want to have the game He's maybe just in, gone in a p- bit
1: too far at the moment per, perhaps
0: perhaps yeah um, so yeah so I, I think a lot of people love to hate him a lot of people love to love him i know on the, the um the squash stories i don't know if you're you're on that on facebook oh, but no. the, um, that that Facebook group and there there are a lot of Asal defenders yeah. there. So I try not to go too far down the rabbit <laughs> hole, but um, but it, it's definitely quite interesting. Uh, so let me ask you this: right now, who is playing better overall? Let's say like you know, let's say we did an NBA style best of seven series between Asal and Diego. Yeah, he's I mean, number four right now, but I, th- I would I think I don't think he's going to be there for long. I think Diego's going to be in the top two in the next couple months. So what's the question? Who, who, would, who would win in, in a seven-match seven series, if, if, best, best of seven? I mean,
1: I think Diego at times, and more often than not at the moment, looks like the best player in the world. Like, just complete package. Uh, agree. Physically, he looks like he's stepped up a bit. His accuracy and ball control, especially at the start of matches where that ball is flying around, phenomenal. Uh, he can put the ball away, beautiful length. And speaking of which, last week, um, that first rally against Marwan
0: in the finals, that was like a three-minute rally. Yeah. And so he's just, yeah, so consistent. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But no, yeah.
1: no, not at all. And, and his first rally with Cole was a similar thing. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't seem to affect him too much. I think Cole will bounce back is an important point to make. I think he's okay. been in New Zealand. I think having played a couple of tournaments, I think he'll be in a slightly better spot. I'd be interested to see if he thinks the same. Um so Diego, I think, is playing the best squash, but Asal seems to get to him mentally. That's uh,
0: true. Is my opinion. That's
1: a good point. So, so I think that'd be tough. That said, um, it was very close in Hong Kong, right? And uh, uh, it was, yep. was it three-two Asal? And yeah, Diego had a few match balls decision. there. Yeah. Yeah. So I th- I'd pay to watch it, and that's yeah. what you want, right? Absolutely. I'd pay to watch it. Uh, that's a good answer. Yeah. And. I, I think it's great that these stories are developing because that's what sells stories in sports sell
0: rivalries this is what, this is what we need more of is, yeah. is getting to know the players getting to know hundred who they are the personalities behind them that's what I, I try to do At that's least that's why these
1: end. things yeah. are great and exactly. credit to
0: you for doing it I appreciate it and that's, that's if I can play any small role in, in the growth of the game in any way then I, I'm overjoyed to do it and if I yeah I I think that's what the game needs more of is why do I love the NBA so much because I know the players that I'm watching and I know the players that I'm rooting and I know the players and I don't know
1: anything about basketball exactly so that's a powerful statement I think yeah
0: so I I think that like Marsh made a joke but I think it's a very um Realistic thing is, he said, like that we, we had gotten into um, the F one drive to survive, and the, yeah. d- now tennis is doing their own yeah. docu series about about some of the players. Squash could use something like that, and yeah. I, I think that would be I think that would be brilliant. So yeah.
1: I, I'm a big supporter of rugby, and rugby's really struggling, especially post COVID. Huh. Um, and they're just about to do one as well. Same team drive oh, really? to survive. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, by Netflix. By Netflix, you know? wow. same team.
1: Uh, there's a big tournament in Europe called the Six Nations, which is Ireland, Scotland, Wales, France, Italy, and England, and uh, that's just about to uh, that's just about to start. And uh, Netflix are going to cover it.
0: I think if they did that for squash, I think that would be like the most excited I would be for any like form of content. In I years. think it'd be brilliant. There's so many characters also. in the there's sport. There's so many characters, but we don't realize it all the time. No. We don't recognize it. It's like I hear yo. Know, everyone talks about like. A perfect examples. everyone talks about Mazin. Mazin's such a character. Mazin's such a funny guy. Yeah. But you like, you wouldn't know it unless yeah. I talk to the players or unless, unless they, like, do an exhibition at your club directly. or whatever. Exactly. And it's yeah. like, so we need to, like, push these personalities out there as much as we can. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the number one thing. Um, Nathan, thank you. I appreciate it. Let's do some rapid fire before we wrap up. <laughs> oh, we here are. we go. Let's do it. All right. First, I've been in Chicago for a year now. Chicago-style or New
1: York-style pizza? Oh, that's tough Because i got to go back to Chicago After this But I'm going to say New York style I agree it's I did floppy, have Giordano's but, at the weekend Oh yeah Very nice In the right If you're in the right mood for it But day day in, day out New York slice New York is just easy It's like Chicago It's like Chicago you can't like Pick up a slice And
0: like walk around with it It's very like No It's you, like a pie You it's need like two people To carry a in. pie It's yeah, so exactly. heavy it's, it's, uh, it's just a little bit too much for me Um what do you eat in between games at a tournament? In
1: between games, yeah. I take a uh, it's a little chew, which essentially is just a bit of sugar. Uh, oh, okay. And I take a little bit after each game. Yeah, okay. so a bit of, a bit of hydration tablet, water, and um, a little chew, cliff Chew. Do you prefer TikTok or Instagram? You only have one for the rest of your life. Uh, <laughs> I'm 30 years old. I'm okay. not on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe like? I need to move with the times. Don't have a TikTok account. Love Instagram. Okay. I think it's great. Fair enough.
0: What If you could have any walkout song. What would your walkout song be? Which I think the P- is another thing
1: the PSA should really do. I tell you what I like is the the last dance. Um, played it. Oh, a the few, balls. The balls. The balls. Walk on song. song. That would be pretty. If nothing else, it would get the, the hairs cool on
0: my necks stand up. Yeah, I mean, like, why don't we? Why don't we? Like like a UFC vibe, like gladiators going to war, and we yeah. like get these like yeah. the, these players entrance music. I think would be really cool. Yeah, and I don't see why, why we can't do something like that. And I, I, and I, maybe it's copyright with PSA and whatever, but I think that would be that would be really good. Um, what would you be? Well, no, actually, we know the answer to this. I don't know. I, I wrote this down, but I was going to say, what would be? What would you be if you weren't a squash player? We already know. Don't
1: we? no. I wouldn't be a milkman because oh, whatever, uh, okay. that's a tough job. Uh, yeah. And I definitely wouldn't be a milkman in Detroit Because it's 4 degrees Fahrenheit outside <laughs> And milkman get up at 2am And start at 3am So God knows what it would be like At 3am in Detroit at the moment um, Yeah, that's a, that's a tough gig I mean, that that shift I delivered like 500 glass bottles of milk That's not easy No Uh uh, That's a great
0: Great YouTube content By the way I would recommend Everyone goes out And watches (laughs) it if you haven't Um,
1: Yeah what people Didn't see Was after that I'd stupidly lined up A hit with Mohammed Al-Shabagi After that (laughs) So I'd like Slept four hours Delivered 500 glass Bottles of milk Then drove to Bristol And I'm knocking up With Mohammed, Absolutely rifling The ball to himself Thinking Why What This is a terrible Decision You're a a shambles What have you done And it was a tough hour Let me tell you (laughs) I've never told him that It was brutal absolutely brutal what is something that you do in your spare time
0: that you think might surprise people
1: what do i do in my spare time uh boring answer would be uh, i love investing so a friend of mine in chicago has been very very kind and generous with his time exposed me to that world so I, I, i spend a lot of time trying to understand different companies um what is slightly more interesting than that I mean I love movies just before I came to see I went to see a man called Otto at the cinema oh how was it very good where, where did you go I went to Maple Theatre I work there do you I do it's a nice little theatre yes
0: I've been working there for about 20 months now yeah. okay yeah, yeah so
1: I love theatres like and the uh yeah literally what point three of a mile yeah um so I take great pleasure In going to the movie theatre I watched uh, Avatar A couple of weeks ago When I was in Houston um, So yeah I love watching movies uh, At home In the theatre Do you watch the Oscars? Like are you into that Like that's scene not I'm not, not really? into that A lot of people ask me that. that That's a bigger thing here Than it is in the UK really? I think because of the time zone Okay Like we get it on the news The next day Whereas like yeah. Hayley Will watch the Grammys She'll watch the Oscars and, and every other one So I And I don't necessarily Use the Oscars As my guide to a good film Right I like to uh, maybe. It, it a bit. I, I think
0: yeah, a lot of people I think will agree with you on that. Yeah, and a lot a lot of people who are might consider themselves. Like personally, I subscribe to Oscar culture and I I like like very artsy films, but I also think yeah. that, that certain people are very obnoxious in saying that like if a film is like a blockbuster film, it can't be nominated for an Oscar. It can't. Yeah, be Yeah, but the they're best changing, feature. right? So it's
1: like, Top Gun is up for Top Gun Oscars. and Avatar. So yeah. I watched Top Gun last week. Fantastic. That was really good. Um, so yeah, and Avatar, fantastic. I mean. My opinion on Avatar, if anyone is interested, uh, didn't think the storyline was as good as the first one, but it's just mind-bogglingly impressive. The colors, the landscape, the the idea of Pandora—it's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I heard virtually the same thing from my friends. I haven't seen it yet, which I definitely will. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch all the films that did get nominated. I was very bummed. I don't know if you saw Babylon. Babylon got snubbed from from the Oscar, which is snubbed. the new the new Damien Chazelle movie. Okay, which is uh, he did Whiplash and La La Land. Yes, I watched
1: both of those. Like those, both those of those. Are,
0: those are two of my favorites. Okay. So I, I was very bummed, but alas, we move on. But uh, but yeah, quick so question for you. Yeah, please. Top three films coming to your head? Top three. Okay, so doesn't La- have
1: to be a favorite, but what comes into your head? Mm. La La Land,
0: um, the Grand Budapest Hotel. I think is, is Grand brilliant. Budapest Hotel yeah. controversial
1: statement. Terrible film. Oh no!
0: Why? Terrible. Couldn't get into it. Maybe it's a rewatch one, but
1: it's one of those. I, I feel it. Like
0: Wes Anderson is an acquired taste. I think it's very too quirky for me. I can. I can. That's fair enough. Too quirky. But La La Land. Um, great soundtrack. La well. La Land would be number one. Um, Goodwill Hunting is great. Fantastic. Um, what am I missing? I have a Letterboxd profile. Let me let me pull up my. Oh, I've
1: just joined that.
0: Have you? Fantastic. it's brilliant isn't it it's wonderful it's, it's you a, even that. just for myself yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get each other's uh, info but it's it's just it's so good to like just to keep my documentation yeah. of stuff um, what do I have on here have you seen Tick Tick Boom Tick
1: Tick that Boom that came out
0: a little over a year ago on Netflix with Andrew Garfield that I thought was got a few Oscars
1: as well right or was nominated it was
0: nominated Andrew yeah. Garfield was nominated for best actor I don't think he yeah. got a best picture nominee nomination but that was great have you seen Almost Famous which is an older 80's movie but that's yeah. one of my all time favorites Almost famous.
1: These are good for my list to watch.
0: Yes, so I will. I'll hook you up, Nathan. I'm, we're, we're doing, we're doing more, more movie stuff on the yeah. brag, on the Bregman Breakdown. Sorry, too,
1: listeners, so. this is more important.
0: Yeah, this is this. Is, uh, yeah, <laughs> hold on, guys. Let us finish, and then we'll, we'll get back to the important stuff. But yeah, I mean that was that was it. So that's that's all the uh, all the questions I have, Nathan. Where can the people find you? Where can they follow your journey? I know you have your website, your socials, your sponsors. But yeah, let, let us know where where we can uh, find
1: Nathan Lakesquash dot com is the website, uh, Nathan. I do a newsletter which uh, goes out each month you can subscribe to and you can find that on my um, Instagram account, which is Squash Nathan. Um, Same with Twitter, Squash Nathan. Um, And, yeah, get in touch. Feel free to get in touch with any questions. I had someone uh, message me today off the back of my newsletter who's just moved to Texas looking for a squash club and uh, I was able to reach out to some friends there and try and help him find a squash club in Dallas. Uh, So, yeah feel free to reach out and um, hopefully uh, hopefully you enjoy coming along on the journey it's uh, professional squash someone asked me recently do you, do you enjoy professional squash and like would you do it again in an absolute heartbeat like if squash stopped tomorrow for me which I have no intention of it doing it has been one of the best things to ever happen to me and uh, and has led to some of the best things to ever happen to me so um, so yeah I'm waffling but reach out Absolutely. And Nathan, I, I wanna say before we do
0: close out, I really do appreciate your time. Last last year, so generous and then <laughs> coming back and always reaching out. I mean and some sometimes, you know, the the pros that I interview or the you know, players that I interview will or anyone that I interview will follow me back or they're you know, they'll they'll repost anything that I post. But truly like to, we, I'll post something about like an accomplishment the Bragman Breakdown has had, like statistically or whatever. And he's always swiping up on the story and always there to congratulate me. And it really does mean the world. And I really appreciate it. And, you know, obviously, wishing you all the best of luck this week at the Motor City Open. So thank Thanks you so very much. much. Cheers. Awesome. Uh, say hi, I want fame so bad, it's all I can think about. Yeah. Dad, I'm on a billboard and I'm making my mama proud. Yeah. Hosting a meet and greet, and I'm signing my signature, yeah Random people, they stopping me, can I get in a picture? with ya? Oh, hey, oh. How you the crowd, yeah And hey, I got fans now, god damn I got fans now oh, hey, oh, They singing out loud now They singing my words out, they singing my words Say I just want the fame, yeah.